And let's take our Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 2 tonight. We'll get right into our Bible study tonight. Colossians chapter 2, we've been all year on Wednesday nights in Colossians. Obviously, we only got through the first two chapters, and we're still pecking away at this second chapter here. We're talking about the preeminence of Christ. This book is talking about the preeminence of Christ over all things. Of course, this is a refutation to the, of the Gnostics. I gave you a little supplemental review sheet and your understanding in Gnostic heresy, the little white insert that you have. We won't bother going through all that in great detail, but if you get down to the family of the Gnostics, let her be there, just a way of quick review. Uh, the Gnostics are, I call it Gnosticism, the know-it-alls, the elitists, the the superiors, the, uh, the academia crowd, the folks that have the one-ups on uh, simple Christians. This first century uh, Gnosticism that grew and proliferated, just like the apostasy grows today in our colleges and universities, this, the, uh, the academia elites of the day, uh, they said they were smarter than, of course, uh, simple Christianity, and they tried to complicate and uh, talk about the mysteries and and uh, mysticism, and uh, look at the five, the family of Gnosticism, intellectualism, ritualism, legalism, mysticism, and asceticism. We'll talk about a little bit about each of this here. I'd like to read verses 11 through 23. We're going to preach on, for time's sake tonight, just verses 11, 12, and 13. But in one more time, in respect to the reading of God's word, I invite you to stand once again here. Let's read responsibly through the end of the chapter, starting in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 11, allow me to read verse 11. Now we'll read the succeeding odd-numbered verses. Read with me, please, beginning in verse number 12, the even-numbered verses through the end of the chapter. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 23, and reading responsibly. In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross." And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment, ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the commandment and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Well, I want to look at tonight again, identifying with the preeminent Christ. 
when we have Christ, if you go back to the, if you look at verse number 8 through 10, which we've spent a couple of weeks on now, verse 10 says, and ye are complete in him. When you have Jesus Christ, you have it all. You have salvation, you have sanctification, you have justification, you have glorification. You're a child of God and you're a child of the king. And the Bible says, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You don't need anything more than Christ. He's the head of all things. And so we want to look tonight at the, the uh, verses 11, 12, and 13. Let's just one more time have a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, now teach us thy word tonight from verses uh, 11 through 13 of this book of Colossae, this book of Colossians. We'll thank you for it, Lord. Have your will and way in our hearts. Speak to hearts through your spirit, we pray in Christ's name I ask. Amen. And you may be seated tonight. Three questions. Verse number 11, what about circumcision? Question number two, verse number 12, what about baptism? And question number three, verse number 13, what about total cleansing? Simple outline tonight here, but uh, why don't you look at verse number 11 as we begin. In whom, that's in Jesus Christ, also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Not a physical fleshly circumcision, as we're going to find out. In putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. What about circumcision? Well, in Genesis chapter 17, for time's sake, and you know what? I should have had these. I think I will read it, actually. Genesis 17, turn that back there real quickly here, if you can see it in way of introduction to this first verse. We first read about circumcision in chapter 17 of Genesis. Now the groundwork is laid for circumcision in Genesis chapter 12. And for time's sake, let me just do it quickly. There we're introduced to Abram, or who we know as Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says, in, in his seed shall all the world be blessed. And he said, I will bless them to bless thee, and curse them to curse thee, and these shall all the nations of the, uh, the earth be blessed. The... the, the the blessing for the Jewish heritage and Jewish people. And we've been blessed by Jewish people, of course. And uh, God says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We talked about that Sunday a couple of weeks ago on, during Sunday school class. But we read that the, we, starting in Genesis 12 and then Genesis 15, Genesis 14, Genesis 15, then Genesis 17, I asked you to turn to, we see the Abrahamic covenant, as it's called. And I want you to notice that when Abraham was, verse number 1 of chapter 17, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. Israel is God's covenant people. The granddaddy of Israel is none other than Abraham or Abram. And will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell upon his face. And, and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, verse number four, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now I want you to skip over to verse number, uh, or down to verse number ten it is. For time's sake. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and your seed after thee. Every child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of his foreskin. And it shall be a token 
or a sign, in other words, of the covenant between, betwixt me and you. And he, that, and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man-child in your generations. He is, that is born in the house of, uh, or, or bought with money or, or the stranger, which is not of thy seed. And so it goes on to speak about, we find this word circumcised for the first time in the Bible, in uh, verse number 11 it is, or verse number 10 rather. And so it's first instituted, this circumcision was first instituted with Abraham, this fill-in-the-blank word. This is Abrahamic covenant, this circumcision. It was for the Abraham's seed or his, his posterity or his, his children, his male sons, of course, obviously. And, uh, but I want you to notice that this, and we read about circumcision all the way through the, in the keeping of the law and so forth and through, throughout the whole Testament. It comes into the New Testament. While you're still in verse number or chapter number 17, let's look at verses 12 and 24, and let me give you letter B here. This circumcision that Colossians 2, 11 talks about became a religious ceremony, or religious rite, but the fill-in-blank word is the word ceremony. Verse number 12, we won't read it again, but the Jewish boys were to be circumcised on the eighth, or the eighth day, not the seventh day, not the ninth day. It's a little interesting sidebar, but it's on purpose that God said that when David had his child illegitimately by Bathsheba, no many of you know the story. What day did the child die on? Anybody know what day that was? Seventh, seventh day, right. I don't know who said it, but you're absolutely right. It was the seventh day. He didn't get make it to the eighth day. But David said, later on in Samuel there, he said, he shall not come to me, but I shall go unto him. The, 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 the analogy is some people think if you're not baptized or not 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 circumcised as a baby boy, you can't go to heaven if you're a Jew. And then we'll get into baptism, infant baptism here in a few minutes here. Some people think that you can't go to heaven if you don't have your original sin washed away. Not true, but it is a religious ceremony. Verse number 24 of chapter 17, we see that Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And so we see that in Ishmael, in chapter 16, and I do this quickly, Ishmael was the son of the flesh. You know the story with Hagar. God said to Abram and Sarah, I'm going to give you a child. They didn't believe God, did they? And so Hagar, Sarah conceived this plot, well, why don't you go into my handmaid, Hagar? And we know the rest of that history. And Ishmael, of course, is born, and we see the... The problems in the Middle East, many of the problems in the Middle East are 3,500 years old. There's still uh, the age-old battle between Ishmael and Isaac, between Esau and Jacob later on, of course, and their, 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 their relatives, of course, and so forth, their offspring. And so, but this was a religious ceremony that Bible's God commanded under the law, under the covenant of Abraham. And so going back to our text here, if we could now, back to Colossians chapter 2, Let's look at the verse again. Verse number 11. In whom also ye are circumcised through the circumcision made without hands. Back to the circumcision made with hands. Fill in this word, word blank, in, or the, the, the bold print there. The flesh loves to be religious. People love religiosity, or religious people love to be religious. They love to do have outward... Uh, I'm not picking on the... Jews, per se, on purpose, but I was through West Hartford the other day with Brother Phipps, and, uh, of course, and we saw many Jews walking down the street, of course, and they, you can spot them a mile away. 
the fellows got their hats on, they're well-dressed, they got their black pants on, and, they're, and the ladies are almost always in dresses, they're very, very, very refined, very well-kept, and so forth, and they're, you can tell a Jew from far off, I mean, 100 yards away, so there's some Jews right there walking down the street. You can tell by the way they dress, outward religiosity. Uh, you go down to Lancaster, PA, and you can see, uh, you see some people that are driving along in a buggy from way, way off, they got religion to them. You got the Mennonites. You got groups, and in uh, people like to uh, have an outward show of religion. Let's go to the New Testament now. Let's go to Acts chapter 15. Letter C on the worksheet. What about circumcision? This need for circumcision continued to be a divisive issue in the church. Fill in the blank word. Acts 15, verse number one. This is the early church at Jerusalem. And then, of course, uh, those that had spread to Antioch of Pisidia. It says, And certain men which were, came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the, Mona, Mose, after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And so there was even confusion in this new, the book of Acts is a book of history, of the church history. And this new gospel came out that Paul, Paul propagated, of course, this gospel that Peter pro- propagated in Acts chapter 2, of course, and so forth, when, that by the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. People, these, remember, the, Jew, the church all started off with one type of ethnicity. They were all Jews. At Pentecost, there were 3,000 Jews that got saved. Later on, we read about the Gentiles that, that started getting added to the church in the last half of the book of, of Acts. But here we see that even in Acts 15 that there was a contention between the Jews and the now Gentile believers. We read about Cornelius, the, the Grecian, the, the uh, Roman centurion that got saved in uh, Acts chapter 10 and not a Jew. And there was a, there was a debate between the Jewish Christians and the so-called Gentile Christians. The, some Jewish Christians said they can't even be saved if they're not circumcised. They're uncircumcised. And so this leads us into... Acts chapter 15, verse number 5, that says these words, if you're still in Acts 15. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, we always, we normally end up bashing them, and they deserve a lot of bashing, admittedly so, but they had some good points to them too. But when we think of Pharisaism, we think of the word today, legalism. And legalism is... uh, we're going to find out what legalism in a second, I'll tell you. It says, which believed, saying... Now, notice these Pharisees, they were saved. They believed, the Bible says. But they, they said, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to keep them, uh, to, to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now, Christ is the end of the law to everyone that believeth. We're not under the law. We're under Christ. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. The veil of the temple was rent in half, and there was access to the Holy of Holies. And Jesus paid it all, of course. And uh, uh, we're not we're bound by the law of Moses. We're not saved by keeping the law. No man can keep the law, even if he tried. Whosoever shall keep the whole law, he'll defend in one point, and he's guilty of all. But this legalism, fill in the word next blank there, legalism is when we add conditions on the finished work of Christ to be saved. So those two fill in the blank words are the word conditions and the word saved. 
Now, how are we saved? Well, the answer is given in Acts chapter 15, verse 11. Let's all read it together. If you have your Bibles open there, let's read it together. Ready? Acts 15, 11, reading together. Ready? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so any man should boast. And so salvation is by pure grace and receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's how we're saved. Now, I've done many times, and there's, there's, we can have fruit inspection. Sometimes we look at somebody, and we, we observe their actions. If I see a, a drunkard coming out of the, the bar at 1 o'clock in the morning, not that I'm out at 1 o'clock in the morning, but if I was out at 1 o'clock in the morning and see a bar guy staggering out I, under inebriated and so forth, I would look at him and probably say, I don't think that person's a Christian. Now, I might shock some of you, I could be wrong. That guy could be just a very backslidden Christian, child of God. Is it possible to backslide? Yes, it is. Do Christians drink? Yes, they do. Do Christians get drunk? Yes, they do. Do Christians use drugs? Yes, they do. I can go on and on and on and fill in the blanks. But when I look at them, I say, their fruit does not, it does not look to me like they can possibly be saved. And I'm not judging them in this case. I'm, in my mind, I'm critiquing them. There's a difference between condemning and critiquing. I'm discerning. Let's say, we'll say that for another time. Another, I don't want to lose you. But salvation, or legalism, is when we add any conditions to the finished work of Jesus Christ to be saved. So circumcision is not part of salvation. Letter D, D and E here. Let's hurry, hurry along here tonight here. I want you to note that the church is not spiritual Israel. The fill in the blank word is the word Israel. Now, I'm going to do this very fast again, but this is part of our Sunday school lessons that we've been on for the last couple of weeks on Sunday mornings, and we'll continue on. If you're a covenant theologian, I don't want to lose you, but there are many churches, i.e. Protestant churches, fill in the blanks. Most Protestant churches are of a covenant theology. And they believe that the church started in the wilderness and with Israel, and that we are now the new spiritual, we are spiritual Israelites. I am not a spiritual Israelite. I'm a child of Christ. I've been saved, blood, 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 blood washed. You can't hold a second, we don't take second place as Gentile Christians to anybody of any nationality, including Jews. My Savior was a Jew. But in this New Testament era, just for the record, I like to say this. We don't have to join the Jews. The Jews get to join us. I was waiting for an amen there, but you say, no, that's not so. And so, um, because we're, we're, the, we're the church of Jesus Christ. We're saved. We're blood bought. You can't get any better, better than being blood bought, blood bought, blood washed, and saved and sanctified in Jesus Christ. I'm complete in him. I don't need to be a Jew to be any closer with, to God. And so we see this. The church is not spiritual Israel. Unless you, you believe in covenant theology, then you say we are spiritual Israel. But we're not. There's all kinds of problems with that. Let it read for time's sake. Christ's circumcision of the heart, back to our text verse, back to Colossians 2 and verse 11. We have the circumcision without hands. There's a physical circumcision of the flesh. And then there's a spiritual circumcision of the heart. And so the fill-in-the-blank word is the word heart, letter E. Christ's circumcision is of the heart. His circumcision of the heart is infinitely superior to the circumcision of the flesh. Now, one day, you see, Jews 
First of all, when baby boys got circumcised, they had, they had no say in it. Huh. It's going to happen. You got sprinkled, by the way, baptized, and you, you that grew up in Protestant or Catholic faith, I'm not trying to hurt you. Do you remember your christening, your baptism? No, you don't. If you're eight years, eight, eight days, <laughs> sprinkling when you're a baby here. Nobody remembers that because it was forced upon you by your parents. Well, the salvation that we have is from the heart. For when the heart man believes unto righteousness, when the mouth's confession is made unto salvation, Christianity is an affair of the heart, and it's far superior to that of the uh, to worldly religiosity that's of the flesh. In fact, Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38, I'm so glad one day there were, there were a bunch of Jews and they just got done crucifying Jesus Christ 10 days earlier, or four, excuse me, 53 days earlier, I should say. And Peter preached to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 36, he said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know and surely that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. There's where the cutting needs to happen, in our heart. And he said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter gave the answer. He said, repent and get circumcised. Well, he didn't say that, did he? He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And we're going to get to baptism in a few moments here. So we'll hurry along here. So we see this, uh, uh, this pricking of the heart, this cutting of the heart, if I could use that phrase, as opposed to the cutting of the flesh. And so Paul... Back to 2.11 again. He's saying, listen, you think you got one up because you've got outward legalism, you got outward uh, circumcision? Not so. we got a circumcision that's superior to a fleshly circumcision. we got a circumcision of the heart. Then we get to verse number 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised us from the dead. Now, by the way, if you're here as a new Christian or new to the Bible, these are some of the more difficult verses for sure to dissect in the New Testament, these verses before us and these verses succeeding in later on in the latter half chapter of uh, that's we're t- uh, Colossians. That's why we're taking so long on them. But I want you to notice, first of all, letter A, about what about, what about baptism? Circumcision is a Jewish rite, R-I-T-E. It's a Jewish rite or a a Jewish ceremony again. Baptism is a Christian ordinance. Ordinance. What's that table say down below me here? What's that say in the front? Read it with me. Ready? This do what? In remembrance of me. Baptism is not a sacrament. The word Eucharist, by the way, in the 1 Corinthians 11, is the word for giving of thanks. An ordinance, it's a command. It's, a, it's, it's an order by God. It's a, the first two ordinances of the local church, is, there's only two. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. There's those two. They're not sacraments. Now, if we were Roman Catholic tonight, we would call the, they would be called one of the seven, two of the seven sacraments. That's why it was... This is, not, not, this is not Catholic bashing. This is just historical accuracy and just being honest with the truth of history. It's estimated that by, by Catholics themselves, Cardinal Hoshius, if you want to date 1524, the Council of Trent, I believe it was, he, they estimated that some 50 million, if it had not been for the 
the uh, extermination or the nice way of putting an ex execution of the Anabaptist down through centuries said they would certainly outnumber us all today. That's on the record. That's on record. That's on Catholic record. But it's estimated that maybe 50 million Christians in the period of the Dark Ages were killed for the heresy of baptism by immersion and denying that the sacrament of uh, infant baptism, of course. And that was free. Just trying to help you out here. And uh, it's, uh, to deny that is to deny, like to deny that the Holocaust didn't happen in World War II, that six million Jews weren't led to concentration camps. Yes, they were. You, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your, your own facts. The facts are that that, that happened. And it's, if you study church history, you'll find out that it happened. So, but the church, the baptism is an ordinance. I want a key verse. It's, we do it in remembrance of him, 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 25. Like the Lord's Supper... Baptism, we do this in, in obedience. Remember, it's him where I'm getting ahead of myself. Letter B, let's move forward. Uh, circumcision is for infant boys. Baptism is for believers. Now, Acts 8.37, when, let me do this quickly here. I asked Tim. Tim's got, a, I believe, a perversion of the Bible here. He's got what's called the English Standard Version. I gave him a copy of it, and I wanted him to read verse 37 for us in a moment. But in Acts 8.36... The Bible says there that Philip meets the Ethiopian eunuch, and the eunuch says, See, here is water. What doth hinder me be baptized? And Philip said unto him, Acts 8, 37, uh, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And I'm trying to quote from memory. Let me turn there real quickly here. Acts 8, 37. Let me rest my voice. Somebody read Acts 8, 37 for us, please. 8, 37. Somebody read that for us, please, in the Bible. Come on, don't, don't let me pull this. Who's got it? Somebody read it, please. Tim Butler, you have that? All right. Now, uh, I wanted Tim Butler to read that, but that's okay. Uh, now, Tim, read in... The English Standard Version, which is about 15 years old now or something like that, read Acts 8.37. It's, it's not there. It's, it goes from 36 to 38. And that's uh, it's pushed by some Protestant colleges that I'll leave in universities that's uh, unnamed today. And uh, why did they leave it out? Well, the answer is that there are churches, if you're a Protestant church, you sprinkle your children at birth. And you don't believe you have to, to believe on Jesus Christ in order to be baptized. But Paul said, you, believe on, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ before you're baptized. If you believe with all your heart, then you can be baptized. A baby can't do that. And I think these newer perversions of the Bible, one thing they've got to cater to a whole lot of people other than, pardon me, Baptist. Just being blunt with you. This is the way it works. And so they've got, they got to sell books, i.e. Bibles. And so they... They leave Acts 37 out, of course. And uh, so baptism is for believers, not for infant boys. There are those that try to marry the two. If you're a covenant theologian again, you believe that infant baptism, and they use these two verses in Colossians 2, 11 and 12 to teach their heresy. Well, verse 11 talks about circumcision. Verse 12 talks about baptism. But what's the baptism it talks about? It talks about the baptism... The, uh, the operation of God, of course, the baptism of the ordinance that God called for. 
buried with him in baptism. Let's good C, D, and E real quickly here, and hopefully it'll start to make sense here. Circumcision, letter C, is associated with blood, cutting, flesh, blood, and flesh. Baptism is associated with water and death, Christ's death. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Now, in Matthew chapter uh, 4, verse 16. Somebody read that for us, please. Somebody get there fast and read it. It could be a lady. I don't care. Somebody read that for us. Matthew 4, 16. Somebody read that. Sunday school class now. Come on, somebody read it. Come on, you're wasting our time. No, I'm, I'm sorry, 4, 416, or 316, my fault, my, my fault, my fault, 316. I, I have 416, don't I? All right, now how, Jesus went straight away up out of the water. How did Jesus get baptized? He got, the word baptizo means immerse. He was put under water. You can easily prove that in the Bible, that baptism is by immersion. And when you go underneath the water, do you live underneath water or above water? Hopefully you live above water. If you live, if you live in water, you won't live for, if you're like me, you won't live more than two minutes, three minutes, because I can hold my breath for about a minute if I'm lucky. And then I'm dead. Water signifies death. We are buried with him by baptism into death. Christ pictured the, for, for Forward foretelling his death, burial, and resurrection. When a Christian gets baptized, they are foretelling, they are propagating the belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. They are identifying with Christ in water and in death. Then letter D, both circumcision, both, both circumcision and baptism involve obedience, is the key word. And particular should be and particularly identification. You see, both obedience or circumcision and baptism involve obedience. The obedience for the Jew was to the Mosaic law, to the Abrahamic covenant. The obedience for us to be baptized is because Christ commands it, to be identified with Christ, to be identified with his with his people, the church. In fact, Acts 2.38, I'm trying to hurry to get through this. I'm I'm just going to slow down, and we'll get through what we get through. Acts 2.38, go back there here. We'll be done in just a few few minutes before 8 o'clock here. So turn to Acts 2. It's important that you see this. We want to write and divide the word of truth. Sometimes I get a little uh, discouraged, I guess that's the right word to say, when I think that, when I find that people think that we baptize by immersion because we're Baptists. Well, that's the way the Baptists do it. No, that's the way the Bible says to do it. That's why we do it that way. And it says, people say, well, it's an option. I say, no, it's an ordinance. It's command. It's, it's, it's uh, to identify with Christ. The, the, these Jews that just got done crucifying Christ back in Acts chapter 2, 53 days earlier, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 37 again. And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, I wanted to take more time here, but we're running out of time here. Another, maybe we'll pick this up on next Wednesday night. There are those who teach that baptism is part of salvation, not 
That's not part of salvation. It's the first natural act that we do after we're saved. We, we should get baptized. And it says, then verse number 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They gladly received word, what word? That Jesus was both Lord and Christ. They got saved. After they got gladly received his word, the good news, the gospel, then they got baptized. Now notice the verbiage, the wordage of 241. And the same day, they were added unto them. Who's them? Well, the 120 back in Acts chapter 1. The, the this New Testament local church had just, had just got started with the, the 120, and then this, the birthday of the church is this time in Pentecost. They added unto them about 3,000 souls. And then verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In order to become, if you wanted to be a Jewish proselyte and you were a Gentile, and you were a man, it was a lot easier for women to be Gentile Jewish proselytes than men. <laughs> men had to pay something for it. <laughs> yeah, pardon, pardon uh, just, just being blunt here, you know. But uh, if you wanted to identify with a, as a Jewish person, you had to be circumcised. You want to identify with God's children, God's Christians, his church, you need to be baptized. Nobody ever becomes a member of this assembly or any other assembly, I believe, for the last 2,000 years, true gospel preaching assembly that isn't baptized. I was holding on for an amen there. But anyhow, it was, that was amen. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. Letter E here for time's sake here. We've got to finish up. Circumcision involved an outward purification. It was outward. It was of the flesh. It really didn't purify the heart. You had nothing to do with it again. Your parents made all the... and uh, you just you're, But it identified you as a Jew... Water baptism, on the other hand, involves an outward proclamation. Proclamation. So two key words are the word purification, outward purification. But baptism is an outward proclamation. Several verses. The Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Galatians 2, 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jaden, did I, I, I baptized you. Did I baptize you? Okay, Jaden, when you went underneath the water in that tank that's behind that screen there, in that 700 gallons of water, Jaden stood there and he, he was, Jayden, he stood there with Jaden Burrell. I, Baptized him in the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 28, verse 19 20, for time's sake. Buried in likeness of his death, Romans chapter 6. Raised again in likeness of his resurrection, Romans chapter 6. How, why did I do that? Well, we followed the biblical formula. And what Jaden was saying is, I, Jaden Burrell, no longer live. It's Christ that lives in me. I'm dead. I am now a Christ one. His baptism didn't save him. His baptism was outward manifestation. His, his, his outward profession of an inward possession. Now, here's the dangerous spot about baptism. Some people down south, there's Baptists on every street corner, on every corner. Many Baptists, and I'll pick on who we are, who I am, happen to be. Many Baptists think they're going to heaven because they're Baptist. That's why I think you're going to heaven because you're Catholic or because you're Jew. No, the, the, the salvation that we need is of, the, is of the heart. It's in Christ alone. It's by being saved. We, but the Bible gives us 
ways that we, uh, we should operate the operation of God and show people or demonstrate by our, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ by being baptized and not ashamed of Christ. I'll, I'll end with this and we'll be done here. Uh, this happened a number of times and I'm not trying to be hurtful to anybody here in this room here tonight. Of course not. I know I'm talking to core people, but sometimes there's been many times over the years that people don't want to get baptized for one reason or another. And uh, one of the biggest reasons why people are, don't want to get baptized is they're nervous, and I can understand this, about getting in front of a crowd of people. I'm in, I don't like, I don't do, I don't, I've had many people tell me I don't do crowds. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just too timid to get in front of people and do that. Uh, fair, fair enough. You may find this hard to believe, but I've said uh, I was an introvert in high school for sure. I never, I never gave an oral report in my life. The only reason I can preach is because God called me to preach. I, 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 I would never be a public speaker any other way. And, uh, but the Bible says, as the redeemed of the Lord say so. When, I, when, when you get baptized, you're letting it all hang out, so to speak, or you're letting everybody know I'm a Christ one. But you say, I'm ashamed to do that. How would you like to be ashamed by being nailed to a cross naked? Dying six hours in front of the whole world to see, and people mocking at you and spitting. That's what Christ did for us. He paid the whole, he, he went all the way. One reason, a little sidebar we don't have a crucifix in our church because I don't believe any crucifix could ever show and demonstrate what the horror, what the crucifixion really was like. And I don't believe he had a loincloth on, be very, very, very blunt with you. All his being was showing. I you study history and you find that to be okay. He died for us. And all he asks is that we unashamedly identify with him in baptism. Well, I've gone almost over time. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Calvary covers it all, Lord, and I pray you bless in our moments of uh, reflection and invitation as we close out our service tonight, we pray. And help us to be, not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, we pray. And may we know that it's an outward ordinance, not a sacrament, not a ceremony, not a re- religious rite per se, but Lord of the of the heart, and we just call us to be baptized, not to wash away our sins, but because our sins are washed away. Lord, I pray dismiss thy blessing in moments, we pray in Christ's name, may I ask, amen. Page number.